awful. And I thought, oh, what am I doing? But then I got my first transaction and I think I worked on it for maybe, I don't know, six, seven hours. And I got a check for five grand. You get told enough times as a kid, we don't have enough money. We can't afford that. How could you ask me for that? We're dumping, our parents are dumping their financial position on us. I'm embarrassed about this and I'm ashamed of that. And I did this thing and whatever, when you can let that shit go and you can say, all right, here's the, here's the deal. I'm human. I did this. This didn't work like I thought. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to do this. And you can face that without feeling ashamed of it. That's when you get to start growing. We've got some hey, I'm Louise. And this is Louise. Welcome to the Content is Profit before. podcast. In here, you're going to get the insights, accountability, and drive to create consistently and increase revenue. You'll hear from top entrepreneurs, creators, and anything and everything you need to know about content. All this while having a damn good time, baby. Let's go. <laughs> the goal of this podcast is simple to entertain, educate, and turn your content into profit. Ooh, baby. I was about to say entertain again. Entertain? Yeah. <laughs> Literally what I was about to say, the word I was like, please don't say entertain. Please don't say. <laughs> We're just talking about creating our own words and here you are creating your own words. Here we are. Entertain. That's right. Hashtag snazzy. positioning. Hashtag snazzy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are we talking about today? Today we are going to be talking about how to get in the right money mindset. I met mm. this person not so long ago. And I am intrigued on what she has to say yeah. about all this. I met her not so long ago, too. Like, <laughs> like, like two, 10 minutes ago. Minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, you know. I'm impressed. I was like, dude, she came out with like full on confidence, you know, talking about microphones, you know, kind of like looking a certain way. And I was like, that's she our is person. her type of guest. <laughs> she is her type of guest. I know, I know. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, anyway, so, you know, today's guest is one of those people that when you meet, you feel right at home. We both met in an accountability group. More on that a little bit later. I was practicing what we preach and we sent a quick message to connect and the rest is history. She currently runs a very successful seven-figure business that she built from scratch. She will be sharing more on that during the show. She is currently passionate about education, mentorship, and structures around the right way to think about money. That's right. She also has a beautiful family with three kiddos. One of them is Mateo, just like <laughs> my kiddo, and is doing some amazing community work supporting the Sparkle Foundation, Cool Kicks for Kids, and Save a Warrior. But by far, my favorite thing is that she will be launching her show, Speaking of Money, very soon. Let's, Let's go. go. <laughs> Please welcome the Money Mama, a true business inspiration and future podcaster, Jenna Manila. Wow. That was good. I sound awesome. You sound incredible. Because you are awesome. And you look even better, Jenna. Thanks, my friend. Yeah. How's it going? Pretty good. You look like you just came from the beach. <laughs> I did. Yeah, how did you know? Oh, yeah. I'm very busy. Teaching and podcasting today. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You, you went out and relaxed, you know, get that, that podcasting mindset right. And it's like, let's get to it. Yes. Yeah. I'm here for it. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm extremely excited to have you here. Obviously, you know, we met in this online community uh, a couple months ago. And, it, I, yeah. you know, we I feel like we synced like right off the bat. And I think like personalities right? attracting the, in this way. And we always share with people like, Hey, just send a message. Right? If you feel like there's going to be somewhat of a, a benefit or like, how can we help each other? Right? Like in, in many ways, like go send that message. You never know where that goes. And, uh, you know, we've, I think it's been a couple of months and, uh, it's been, it's been a fun couple of months, but I'm very yeah. just like, do you want to share a little bit? Cause this is something that impacted me, right? Like we've talked a little bit about the money mindset, like in, in our conversations and you came almost from like nothing. Right. And you've been able to build a, this very, very successful business and you're about yeah. to like expand your your reach and, and, and help and serve so many more people. So I'm very curious because we don't ha we haven't really had like a straight money talk on the show. And this is why I'm like very interested. So can you share a little bit like where you're coming from and like to give a little bit of reference? Yeah. So like you said, I didn't come from a lot and I've had enough, but I didn't have a lot of extra. And as I was kind of coming up the pike, I was trying really hard to figure out what 
it takes? What it, what would it take? And for many years, it never even occurred to me what could be possible for me because I think I limited myself in so many ways, right? Like mm-hmm. for people like me, for people where I come from, we do this, this is our top level. And then I met somebody who was like, oh, what are you talking about? You could totally do this. And I was like, not, not me. Yes, yes, you. And then suddenly all of the things became possible. And then those moments of going from this mindset of I have these limits to I have no limits, that's when things really took off for me and in my career and in what my next steps were going to be. And I think staying in that growth space has been the part that's been pinnacle to my development. Can, can you share a little bit about like the this and the this, right? Like for people that are not listening, right? They, they can't see like oh, yeah. the, 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 the amounts, right? Like, and you know, I have yeah. my, my own personal amounts that I can share that story too, where my eyes were like, whoa, like the possibilities out there. Right. And I feel like a lot of people yeah. have not had that moment. So like, what, what was that for you? Like, what was, can you share a little bit of the amounts that they were presented to you? Like, yeah. So I think, you know, I remember being like, 17, 18 years old and having a job. And I got this raise at my job and I was making $15 an hour. So I'm getting out of high school and making $15 an hour. And I was crushing it (laughs) compared to my friends. So this is the late nineties. And I remember thinking to myself like, okay, wait, if I work 40 hours a week and then I work a little bit of overtime, I'm going to get like a thousand dollars a paycheck. And that Mm. for me felt enormous. So I went into adulthood thinking like, what do I want to do? What's that going to look like? I knew I wanted to be able to travel and buy things I wanted, but I didn't really have an idea of like investing or anything along those lines. It was just, I just want to be able to do the things I want to do. So I decided I'm going to be a nurse. That's my, that's going to be my job. I'm going to make $50 an hour and I will have absolutely made it. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to be a nurse and I'm going to crush it in that. And then I start nursing school and I'm in nursing school and I start my clinical rotations and I hate it. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to make $50 an hour. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't care. I will wipe all the butts for $50 an hour because I'm going to be rich. Yeah. And so this whole funny thing happens and I'm like, I'm going down this path and this is the plan. And suddenly I go on this trip to Mexico. I meet this guy and he's like, oh yeah, I'm a real estate broker. And we started talking about like how much money people can make. And he was saying like, oh, I have this client. He makes $200,000 a month. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> how many hours? <laughs> that's, that's, that's an hour is that? <laughs> you're doing the math. Yeah, you're like, hmm. <laughs> I'm like doing the math on my calculator because we didn't have phones yet. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. I literally did long division in my, I was on a cruise, in my cruise room. Like, wait, if I... Whoa. And that's when it like really occurred to me that there was more than making $50 an hour. And the other thing that I learned from him was you don't have to trade time for money. And that was a huge concept for me because every way that I was ever raised was people worked and they got money for going to their job for the number of hours they worked, right? My parents got overtime. You know, if they weren't at work, they didn't get paid necessarily. I came from that mentality. So when I learned that that doesn't have to be that way, I was mm-hmm. like, well, mm-hmm. now, now I'm intrigued. Now yeah. I'm in. Now I feel snazzy. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I used it in a sentence. I just want you to know that it is a word already. Yes. I appreciate it. I want that. to take it away from you. Yeah, you're Janet. welcome. You have a special, you know, place in my yeah. heart. The whole team was making fun of my brother when he said, when he said that this morning. And, and it's kind of an older word here that like older people use. Like, so, oh, that's so snazzy. Snazzy. Yeah. So we're, we're you, bringing it back. Yeah, we're, we're, we're back. actually, the word that I think he was trying to say was, you're going to look all spiffy. No, it's nasty. And, and then he said snazzy instead. Spiffy is the one that doesn't doesn't exist. Yeah, it was no. snazzy. Yeah, you oh, look all spiffy. Spiffy is a word. Yeah, you, yeah, look, you, you look all spiffy, right? And, oh, so, that would be like, I think, a word for a gentleman. You know, it's wearing his hat and he's got his collar dialed in he's spiffy but i think snazzy is like like next level like i'm kind of jeweled up i'm really looking good oh look at that next level see Uh, you're welcome fonzie yeah you so you took me from down here 
to up here. Yeah, you, absolutely. You introduced me to a whole I'm, new reality, right? There. I'm all about elevating people. You're saying. <laughs> okay, yes. Tanjin you know, alert. Elevate your vocabulary in a way that you do not even. <laughs> Tanjin alert. Tanjin alert, people. Control yourself. Yeah. You know, settle. Settle. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Jenna, please continue. So, what's possible, right? Like, it was like eyes yeah. wide open. You're like, okay, so, like, what next after that moment? Like, what do you do? Yeah, so after that moment, um, I go back home. I'm in San Francisco, which is where I was going to school. And I was like, screw this job. <laughs> I'm literally working at the hospital. I worked in labor and delivery, which I really loved, but I was working these crazy hours and then getting up and going to school and I was miserable. And so I kept in touch with this guy that I met, you know, we ended up dating, which was kind of amazing. And he was a real estate broker. And he says to me, if you do one loan a month and I'll teach you how to do it. You'll make more than you are making working full-time at the hospital. And I'm like, well, okay. So, <laughs> right. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything about loans. I don't know anything about getting a loan. Yeah. I don't know about yeah. mortgages. I don't, I mean, remember I'm 18. I don't know anything. I don't know anything. So we go through this whole thing and he's like, I'm going to set you up with this lady. And I feel so bad for her. I mean, honestly, she must've been like, God, Damn it. <laughs> Great. Here's my girlfriend. Teach her how to do this career. And she was like, okay. But I literally was her guinea we'll call pig. It guinea pig. <laughs> no, no, more like like everything she didn't want to do. That oh, was my so job. You, yeah. you were just following her around, picking up the scraps and learning as you go. Oh, hey, I have a question. Hey, I have a question. Right. Yeah. And then at the time we were like faxing everything was on fax and mm. so i would sit with like stacks of papers and fax them one page at a time it was awful and i thought oh what am i doing but then i got my first transaction and i think i worked on it for maybe i don't know six seven hours and i got a check for five grand and i was like okay this all right this i get it. it yeah okay here i am yeah. so mm. i stuck with her for a long time i mean at that time, a long time, like a year of yeah. really like trying to learn. And all the time I would put myself out there. I didn't know anything. And I would literally be like, oh yeah, I do mortgages. I, you know, I learned about this because I had a whole team behind me that knew what the heck to do. And what I found was that by the relationships that I made with everyone that I spoke with, and I wasn't salesy about it. I wasn't like, hey, do you wanna do a loan with me? It was more like, I'm really was passionate about learning how to help people. And I yeah. talked about it a lot. Yeah. And making those connections broadened my web, right? Of people that I knew. And then from there, I started making relationships, doing all kinds of things. And some of them led back to me doing loans for them. Some of them led down other paths, but all of them led down opportunity paths for me. Mm -hmm. And for who I could connect people to get down their own opportunity path. And all of that together comprised this amazing beginning for me that created a safety net that I could launch from. It was really a yeah. cool experience. Wow. That that does that there's I mean, I love the story, first of all. I love the whole evolution from you know, you know what you know, and that knowledge, you know, was pretty much capping your possibilities. Yeah. And then yeah. all of a sudden somebody just opened that door of opportunities and new possibilities and you're like wow, look at what I can achieve. And I'm going yeah. to relate that to podcasting or having your own platform, not necessarily podcasting and yeah. bringing in people with different opinion, different experiences. That has something that has opened our, our eyes, has been conversations Massive. with Massively, yeah. people extremely successful, you know, three, four, five, even more levels above of what we think it is possible And then when they share their stories and, you know, how successful they are, we're like, whoa, that is absolutely amazing. Why are we pretty much like capping our own growth? I'm sure we can do this. So I, I love that. With everything. Mm -hmm. That feeling, right? That feeling of capping ourselves comes from our lived experience, right? It comes from mm -hmm. who we know and what we've seen and what we've been exposed to. And remember, like as time has gone on, our ability to look and see the world in a different way has changed, right? So I'm 41. And so when I was coming up at 18, 19, it's the late 90s. And it's just now starting this whole dot-com boom, they called it, right? Yeah, the internet yeah. is a thing. I'm just, I had AOL, 
right? AOL, mm -hmm. email, all of that was just coming into fruition. We were using fax machines. We still relied on a typewriter at work. Mm -hmm. I had to manually copy things. It was a different time of sharing information. The way we got news, the way we got um, exposure and education was very different compared yeah. to now yeah right so now we have the internet and it feels like and i know a lot of people struggle in this where it feels like you either are a kardashian or you're <laughs> crap like there's not a middle ground here for the world and we yeah. aspire to this super rich this ultra rich this athlete the ferrari the material items because we're very visual but what we forget is that there's this entire space of success in the middle that really dictates who and what we become and how mm. we're going to get there and they don't you don't typically go from I'm struggling to make my rent and eat to I'm a Kardashian. That doesn't, <laughs> it's not a, that's, that's not a linear journey. That's a very gradual process unless somebody dumps money, a family money or something like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or a sex video kind of like goes out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did I ever tell you, uh, Luis, that my first um, assistant was from Caracas? You did mention something about Caracas. I don't remember. I think it was, it was not she that was my exactly. first assistant and she was, Bellissima. Yeah. Perfect. The, yeah, she spoke she, in Spanish she, so quickly, though. I had to learn how to listen faster. She, mm. I would always tell me, I'd be like, what? And she goes, learn to listen faster. Here we go. <laughs> I learned yeah. to listen they, faster. Here's amazing. They do say I'm we like, speak pretty okay. fast. That, that's what so I, fast. That's what I have to beautiful. tell Katie. <laughs> learn to listen fast. She was beautiful. I'll get smacked. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Was she crazy? Because Venezuelan women are crazy. They're beautiful, <laughs> but they're crazy. <laughs> she was not crazy, but she was always doing the funniest stuff. The thing that I love, loved about her was that she was super helpful. What I didn't love, love about her was that like, I just say on a cell phone, she'd be like cleaning my cell phone and organizing my pens. And she'd be like getting me water and like brushing everything off and dusting. I'm like, okay, like we're good. Like, Wait, where's she now? <laughs> where's she now? Can we can we can we hire her? <laughs> We're like, oh, please. She's in Florida? I'm just kidding. <laughs> she's in I think she's back in Venezuela actually. I haven't talked to her in a long time. Yeah. Interesting. Small, she was small world. Small world. That's awesome. I'm glad you had a great yeah. experience. We always obviously it's funny, like our our, our entire team is Venezuelan by chance. Yeah. By chance, like, mm. um, and we we feel very proud of that. Like, uh, it, mm -hmm. it's a really good connection. We we were very disconnected from our country for a long time. Yeah, and, and uh, I, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna put a pin right here because I I would love to go into kind of like that feeling of giving back and building some sort of community because I know you're pretty big on that and you got some projects in there. Um, be, before going there, though, I'm opening a loop in here for the listeners so they, you know, they, they, they tune in for longer for the whole episode, of course. <laughs> uh, you talked about this spectrum of success, right? Like whether you feel like crap or you feel like Kardashian. a Kardashian. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that, that's a cool comparison right there. But, you know, like what does it look like in the middle? Like why? Because you said you had to learn... Uh, the access to, to information was very different back then, right? That what it is right now. And immediately yeah. my mind went to, we grew up in a household that, you know, my mom had a job and my dad was, you know, kind of like on and off from jobs. And yeah. that's what we, that was a reference. It's like, okay, cool. Like this is how success looks. Then obviously as we started, you know, diving into the internet and social media and now you get ads of like, hey, become, you know, a successful entrepreneur. And now you see it, like you see, a lot of kids wanting to start their own business, wanting to be entrepreneurs. Literally, uh, we say entrepreneurs are the new rappers, right? Like <laughs> people just want to be entrepreneurs left and right. And that is because yeah. the access to information of it is, it's out there, is is so accessible. Now, let's be honest, like not everybody's going to be able to build a seven, eight, nine figure business, right? Like I don't remember the, the stats. You probably know this better, but it's like, 5% of the businesses that start, like, actually make it to seven figures, something like that. I don't know, off the top of my yeah, head. You, I yeah, th I thought you would know that one. You just threw me under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, you know, only a small percentage make it to certain levels of success. That doesn't mean that the ones that are at level below are not successful, right? Yeah. So I'm curious, like, how does somebody doesn't fall for if I'm not at seven, eight figures, I'm not successful, Right. And they can stay motivated and putting out good work into the world. Right. And building something that is going to help a lot of people. 
uh, you know, without falling in this, let's call it a social media trap. Here's, here's the, here's here, here, some stats, uh, by small business genius, right? 9% of small businesses ma made more than $1 million a year in 2018. This is 2018, but probably similar, right? Uh, The most profitable small businesses made over one million last year, while the least profitable 16% made less than 10%, uh, $10,000. So yeah, it's definitely- uh, It's a hard road. <laughs> it's not-, it's not I think, Well, I think it's also like where, where the data is being drawn from, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because like, if you look on the internet, and I mean, I'm really passionate about this topic. Let's go. <laughs> let's go, let's dive in. <laughs> it is bullshit what is on there. Ooh. It is bullshit. So you see all these people and they're, oh, I, I have the way. I have the secret sauce. Mm. I know what to do. No, you don't. You don't know what to do. You're running Facebook ads. They're running Facebook ads. Everyone's running Facebook ads and Instagram ads and whatever other kind of ads, whatever is happening to, I'm going to sell you my secret sauce. It's the same as like trying to lose weight, right? What works for you or works for me might not work for somebody else. Who knows? You don't know what their circumstances are, where they're coming from. You don't know what their education level is. Yeah. And no matter what yeah. people say that that doesn't matter, it freaking matters. Where we begin from and how far we have to go and what our definition of success looks like matters, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're trying, if you're aspiring that I'm going to, I only can be a professional athlete. That's it. If I don't, if I'm not a professional athlete, then I am crap. Then that's on you, right? Mm -hmm. Because what if you are an amazing collegiate athlete? And what if you play D3 soccer? Does that make you a loser because you didn't play D1 and then go to the World Cup? Probably not. Right. And the same is true for every other thing where we have to really take into account what's real. Mm -hmm. The reality is that most people are not going to become D1 athletes. And those D1 athletes, most of them are not going to become professional athletes. Do the numbers. There's trillions of people in yeah. the world. How many professional athletes are there? Yeah. Not that many. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. So when we talk about success, I think the big thing is to stop the comparison of what is successful to me and what is successful to you, because those might be very different numbers. And that success may come in various ways over time. So for me right now, at this age, at this stage in my life, my definition of success is making enough money so that I can live the life that I want to live and I can be present with my kids. Yeah. Mm. Okay, that might not be yours. Yep. Right. And I'm okay. I don't it's it's taken me time for sure, especially in comparison to like my male counterparts that may have not stopped their career to have their babies and stay home with them. Maybe they yeah. have, maybe they haven't. But I look at people I started with that just kept going, right? They never had to take a break or never chose to take a break. I did. And if I compare myself to their level of success, of course, I'm going to fall short. I'm using a different measuring stick. I'm using a different metric mm, to yeah. measure that success. Right. Yeah. So absolutely. I think that's the big piece is measure how we measure and yes. what we're measuring. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I love this. Right. And, and we've talked about this, this type of perspective in, in previous episodes, mm -hmm. we had to do an exercise a, couple, a few months ago on the show, right? We were questioning the show. We we're like, okay, We've, we love because of the personal journey, the growth and the connections, the relationships, right? But on the business side, we were struggling at the time to see the connection, right? How is this actually creating revenue for, for us? And we had to go do an inventory of the, the people and their relationships and what was the follow-up? Like we did like this, this whole thing and everything that we were doing at the time was coming from the show or a relationship from the show. And we're like, okay, that's the connection. That's the link. Right. And you just mentioned yeah. that you just mentioned an example uh, on collegiate soccer. You know, we, we both play collegiate soccer, right? Like I personally played D1 and I remember that I think it was like one of the initial days, uh, they shared the stat with us, like on the initial meetings and I'm trying to look at the data, but what I found by NCAA, NCSA sports is 1.1% of uh high school men's soccer players make it to d1 and that's mm -hmm. an american like that's high school from united states we both came from venezuela from a different country so probably yeah. an even smaller percentage of this and i remember by listening that stat i was like wow i really feel good like this is a success on its own and then we can continue to grow like this and that to me obviously that's massive right But then it's like, how do we actually apply this into the business? And sometimes we think in the business or our personal journeys as well that we're not like 
we're not enough. We're not doing enough or X, Y, Z. Right. And then we go look at that and we, we see the journey, right? Like, and, and as you were explaining this, I'm going, you mentioned something like that really resonated. It was, uh, where we start in our business journey matters, right? And it's like, okay, if, if, for example, for us, right? If I want to succeed as a businessman in the United States, we're foreign, we're from Venezuela. We started, we came from a non-entrepreneurial family, like that journey to get here. And then from here, which most people start like already from here, what are mm -hmm. the next steps? So it does matter. So, right. Like that's fuel to continue. And, and I feel like that's yeah. how we should tackle it. Right. Like, um, so thank you for bringing that up. And I highly encourage everybody to, to go and explore that, right? Like, where do you start? Like, are you from a different country? Are you from like this family? Like some people start ahead of you, ahead of you for whatever reason they have investment. They don't have, we had to bootstrap the heck out of this business, right? Like the first five years were like bootstrap like crazy. <laughs> and, uh, and it still is right. Um, so thank you for bringing that up. And I think yeah. it's such an important thing on like how this, that will frame your definition of, of successful. Yeah. So I I'm, love it. I'm, I'm pretty, this is sure. something I, I heard. It was, you need to understand who you are, right? And find you and find your own how, right? Like my brother said, we've talked about finding your own how. And I'm, I'm, I'm reading here one of the things you shared with us, and it was choosing myself and choosing to do the work that has been necessary to heal, grow, change, and develop into who I am becoming. And that encompasses pretty much finding who you are. And again, bringing it back to the social media world where you it's a world of comparison i feel like people are struggling to find out who they are and then therefore finding their definition of success which is potentially stopping them from living a happier life so how i'm curious on your own experience how do you find who you are and what was that definition of success for you right like what were some of the things that you went through yeah for sure so when i started my career social media wasn't a thing right so here's what i here's what i know when I was growing up, I was always the funny one, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's an expectation. You're the funny one. You're the extrovert. You're the this, you're the that, right? And your your parents do that to you, right? Mm -hmm. you're, maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, but you're this. And yeah. they put you in a container of what you are. And we believe those things to be true because our parents told us so. Oh, yeah. Right. I'm, I have to live up to this way of being funny and being an extrovert. So as I journey through my life of being funny and extroverted, I realize I'm like, I'm really kind of unhappy, mm. right? Like mm. where, what is this? And I had to really take responsibility for my own growth and my own identity because I had to stop leaving it for somebody else to tell me what I was. And that's the truth now with social media, where we are seeing all these examples of what we could be, the outfits we could wear, the way our houses could look, all of those things mm. are lending to this idea of which box do you fit into? Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, honestly, when I had kids and people were telling me the kind of mother I needed to be and the kind of, I mean, I had twins the first time. Let oh. me tell you about all the advice you get. <laughs> like it is. I can't even tell you, you should this, you should that, yada, yada, yada. Mm. I finally was so freaking irritated by that. I was like, I'm going to show up exactly how I am meant to show up. I am meant to be, uh, I think for lack of a better word, I meant I was designed to be their mom exactly as I am. Mm -hmm. And I had to really dig into myself and just say to myself on repeat that exactly as I am, I am enough exactly as I show up, however that is, whether that is an extrovert or funny or sad or depressed or, you know, whatever it is, that's who I am. And that is enough. And from that place, it was easy for me to then start identifying with what felt good to me of what felt measurable in a way yeah. of where I was headed, mm. because I can't, I'm never ever gonna be you and you're never gonna be me. And we are never gonna have an even playing field, whether I was from Caracas or mm -hmm. if I was from Medellin, it doesn't matter. Like we don't we don't have the same playing field because we're coming yeah. from different places. Yeah. And it turns out 
I'm outgoing, but I'm actually an introvert. And it turns out I'm funny sometimes, but a lot of the times I'm really a more compassionate person. Mm. I'm not as funny, right? I'm more funny when I'm in an element where I feel less comfortable. Yeah. So it's an interesting evolution of accepting myself and then saying, all right, here's what I'm going to do next from that. Yeah. Oh, this resonates so much in, in many ways, right? Like, so, and, and we have this conversation often, right? Because like in my, my personal point of view is we produce content, like let's bring it to content because that's what we do, right? That's our thing. We produce content in a very specific way and we're obviously continuing to learn and, th and see what, what's out there, right? But to me, consistency is top priority, right? If we don't execute consistently, nothing else matters. So to that, I got to bring it down sometimes to like, okay, what's the level that maybe we as a company or me as, a, as an individual guy can be consistent, right? And sometimes that doesn't meet that expectation. And I'm okay with that because it's, it's keeping me consistent and it's been providing opportunities, right? So it comes down to your own decision. Now, when we share this and, and Fonsi probably, I don't want to put words in your, in your mouth, but you probably have a similar, we've talked about this. He has a, a sometimes a different point of view on like what type of content we should be creating as a show, for example, right? And that's a, that's a back and forth that we have. And that's okay. That's very healthy. Is a, the right <laughs> opinion, you know, but all right, move on. And that's really, <laughs> and that's healthy, right? That, because that's, that's how we grow, right? Yeah. But I find often that you found who you need to be, like in your mother example, right? These people were telling you, you should do this, you should do that. And you're like, screw it. I'm just going to be me, right? And I relate because as a, as a parent, like same thing. As soon as we announced that Luca was being born, I was working in a fitness studio and oh boy, every single person, we have about a thousand members. Every single person knew that we we're having that kid and they were like, oh, you should do this. And you should, and we're like, guys, I'm not asking for any advice. I'm just like telling you that I'm having a kid. Like, <laughs> thank you though. <laughs> like not listening. Um, and, and it was, it came out of that place of, this is who me I am. This is what Katie is. Like, we'll figure it out. Like, and if we need help, we'll, we'll reach out. But there's the other way. Do you think people like to be told what to do in general, right? Like, because you are wired very different than most people. Like, and, and, and I feel like we are wired in a very similar way. But also, here's a reaction I get. Like, and I was picturing this scenario. Like, we went to a conference or we've been in, in conference. And sometimes, um... People ask us, like, what to do in this scenario, right? And we're like, well, what feels right to you? And and they're like, that's not what I want to, that's that's not the thing I'm asking. <laughs> and I'm like, and, they, like, and they, get, they get frustrated, right? And so this is where, where this is coming from. You identify that you want to show up in a certain way, and you made that decision to show up in, a, in that certain way, but in a general sense, and bring that to money, right? Same thing, right? Do you think people like to, like to be told what to do? Maybe that's why Katie, for example, she loves her job, right? And... She, she doesn't want to be an entrepreneur ever. <laughs> She's like, I don't understand what you do, but I love, she loves what she does. So in a general sense, right? Like how, as a coach, for example, right? Like you're about to, like you're, you're helping so many people like through the, the work that you do. And now with the podcast, it's going to be amazing. But like, do you think people like to be told what to do? And uh, like, how does that relate to like business? Somebody that's wanted to create that business and, and is facing that challenge. How do they go over yeah. that hump? Well, I think that it's an interesting thing. I never had thought of myself as an entrepreneur, <laughs> which is funny, ever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I heard about them, but I didn't really identify as one. <laughs> yeah. And then I realize now I've been starting businesses since I was a kid. I mean, I had a greeting card business and I had a lemonade business mm -hmm. and I had a babysitting business and I had a house cleaning business. I've, you know, I've gone through a lot of stages of business. And when I learned how to do loans, I was like, well, screw this. I'm not going to work for someone else. I'm going to start my own business. So here I am 21 in San Francisco starting a business. And it's, I had no idea what I was doing. It was, <laughs> I mean, whatever. And it worked out and it made money and that was awesome. And I've done that a couple of times and that's great. What's interesting is that people want to be told what to do because they don't want to do the work most mm -hmm. of the time. Mm -hmm. And this is a really good example for you guys. I want to start a podcast because I want to educate people about money. I want people to start understanding that our relationship with money starts at a young age and we have power to help empower our kids. And we also have the ability, no matter where we are, to make change and to evoke change. Mm. And that happens with education. We cannot do something different if we don't know. Just like I wouldn't have known I could make $200,000 a month or that $50 an hour wasn't like the most amount of money that anyone could ever have <laughs> because I was educated. I was exposed. And so 
I came to you and I said, I want to start a podcast. Tell me what to do. I don't want to go and figure all the crap out on my own. Yeah. Just but, tell but, me. Yeah. By the way, that this was not aimed uh, from that conversation. Just so you know, like full disclosure, it was oh, not no, because no. of that. Because I, <laughs> I think no, there's, no, I, like, I think there's two roads, right? Like, and, and I'll let you, yes. I'll let you, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So, but don't tell me how to wash a dish and don't mm -hmm. tell me what I should be doing next. And don't tell me how to parent my kids. But if I come to you and if say, you tell it. me, show me, right. People come to me because they are like, mm -hmm. usually I'm screwed. Mm -hmm. What do I do? I taught a class last night on kids and money. We call it financially fit kids. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about money mindset and exposing kids at a really early time. And parents are like, just tell me what to do. What do I say to my kids to not mess them up, right? We're all afraid of messing up our kids. <laughs> the same is true of starting a business where somebody comes to me, how do you, how do you buy a house? How do you get your yeah. finances in order? How do I start investing? How do I, then they want to be told what to do. But just overall being told what to do. It has to start like from within, right? You're like, oh yeah, I, I want, want you to, to tell me how to do this thing. But if people come from the outside and they're not asking that quite, like if they're not, if, if they're, yeah, if they're not asking for if it, they're not asking for it. There's just going right? to be a resistance like, at the time of actually taking yeah. in the, the advice. I'm curious, what is the age cap for the financial for kids? Is it 29 year old by any chance? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Funny you should ask. Just kidding. Um, we So honestly, like we have been kind of playing with it a little bit because what we hear in our adult clients that we actually coach, what we hear is, I wish I would have started this younger. What we've been experimenting with is how much younger? Where did yeah. you, where did the messaging need to come from? And at what point? Yeah. So I mean, Luis and I have talked about this before where you get told enough times as a kid, we don't have enough money, we can't afford that. How could you ask me for that? We're dumping, our parents are dumping their financial position on us. They've yep. now limited us to what we can ask for, what we can think, how we should feel for asking. Should we be ashamed for wanting it? If you go, like even today, if I were to, I think this, I could be wrong, but my parents, if they watch this, sorry if I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. If I were to roll up to my parents' house in a Ferrari, they'd be like, what are you doing? Right? Like they would have judgment over how I spend my money that has nothing to do with yeah. them. Right? Until you give them and a ride and, and go from zero to six in like two seconds. They would be like, what are you even thinking? This like, makes this no sense. sense. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Like, do you know your dad can't get in the car and out of the car and like that? You know, whatever. You should have bought a Porsche. Whatever the case is, our parents give us these these gifts, if mm -hmm. you will, yeah. of deciding how we should feel. And then we inadvertently, we take them with us, yeah. right? And that goes back to that what is possible. And then not only what is possible, now how do I behave and how do I interact with my money? And that comes... They say like age three is when that starts. So if I ask my parents and I say, oh, I want to have candy. And the answer to my question is not right now. That's a different thing is we don't have enough money for that. Mm -hmm. And if I ask my parents, I remember asking for guest jeans. That was like a very big thing when I was like 10 guest jeans and they were stonewashed and they were awesome and they had zippers on the bottom and they were like the thing. And my mom looks at me and she's like, what? We absolutely not. We cannot afford that. Mm -hmm. And then she felt bad. I remember wow. her feeling badly because she could not afford to get me guest jeans. And it turns out I ended up getting guest jeans, but I knew when I got those, that that was a huge undertaking for her. I don't know what she had to do to get them. I don't, I know that it was a very big deal. And those feelings of what comes with wanting things or aspiring for things stick with us from yeah. childhood, right? Yeah. That's a big a hundred, change. It's a absolutely. big change. hundred percent. Our dad used to do that. With, yeah. Let, with, me, let me share so, something here real quick. Whoa. With soccer, soccer yeah. cleats. It was the same thing. We're like, we want those cleats. Like that's the thing. And, and it was a whole weekend walking around the city trying to find that like that yeah. the cheaper version and we never found the cheaper version we always have to go back so i'm like in our in my mind i was like why do we lose in two days to go get the same shoes yeah it's it, it's there's, crazy there's a mentality oh, sorry, in him yeah right like he learned that your yeah. dad learned that and was coming from a place of okay i want to save money and i want to teach my kids that we don't just go yeah. arbitrarily and buy all the things right 
that came from somewhere. And whether that was a place of lack or a place of discipline or wherever that comes from, that's a thing. I have a father-in-law who does that. He will spend days and days and days looking for a better deal. So when he takes into the fact that he saved $150, he's not taking into account the time, Mm. the gas, the amount of frustration, the other opportunities he's foregone because he saved $150. That lights people up in a way because of how they were raised, right? That's like a kudos to you. I don't feel that way. Yeah. But it's taken time to get to not to feel that way. Absolutely. I I, I find it crazy yesterday all this uh having a beer with a, a really good friend and we were literally talking about all these topics that we've hit today about surrounding yourself with the right people. Uh we started talking about money and I was sharing with him that I feel that I have a lot of this um gifts, right? How you're calling them in yes. my life because of and again disclaimer i love you dad but because of her dad mainly (laughs) right is i i started realizing that we grew up around a scarcity mindset right he was always like my brother said trying to save money here and maybe i didn't notice it growing up as much because i was i'm younger than my brother but now looking back at it i'm like 100 totally right and you know i remember i used to hold on to things. I, I I was like, no, I don't want to spend this in here uh, because I got to save the money. And then I have friends telling me like, oh man, you're so selfish, right? And I grew up thinking that I was a little bit selfish. And now, you know, part of the things that I love is I want to, if I go out to dinner with somebody that I care for, I want to invite them. I want to pay for them and all that stuff. And part of it, I think, is to make up for how much I was being called selfish back then. Our, right. our account, just yeah. Long story short, our accountant has a lot of questions about the, the meals. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like, yeah, right. Why, why is it a hundred? Do you really spend this much on entertaining people? <laughs> yeah, I just go to a coffee shop. It's like coffee on me, everybody. <laughs> like, uh, what is this? Like one hundred and fifty dollars worth of coffee but, yesterday. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but uh, there's a lot of you know yeah. shaming that and. Uh, uh, actually, yesterday I had a call with somebody that's pretty important in our in our life right now, and there was a, a conversation around money, and I, I, I still feel in a way awkward talking about money, right? And I, and he's like, man, I feel like so much shame around this topic, right? And I was like, I was almost like in tears. I was like, yeah, bro, because there is, you know, like it is, it 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 is awkward for me, and I and I recognize now that it was because I grew up in that environment, right? And I have these perceptions about money and how it should be. But then, you know, bringing it back to our first conversation, I meet people that operate differently and are very successful and they have lives that I'm like, I would love to experience those things, right? And they have a totally different mindset. So I'm like, whoa, you know, again, I love you, dad. And this, this is what I told my friend yesterday. I was like, I love my dad, but I'm in certain things, I'm not going to take advice from him because... Mm-hmm. You know, like I can see where that advice took him, right? And I can see the advice from people that are extremely successful in that field that I want advice from. And now I'm going and asking for advice to those people in there. So that being said, I'm extremely curious for you, you know, and now diving a little bit more into the money side of things. But like, how was that shift in your mindset, right? How... You, once you get presented with opportunities of making more than 50 bucks an hour that you're like, hmm, look at these opportunities. How do you, st- how, how was your relationship with money at that time? And then was there a moment that it shifted, that it needed to change, right? Um, or was it always positive from the start? No. <laughs> the face. <laughs> Please go watch the video. If you're listening, go watch the video to, to see the face of Jaina that you just, you just made. <laughs> Minute it's 44. Funny think, it's funny to think about that, right? Because I think, you know, you guys podcast and this is so easy for you and it see, or seemingly, right? And for me, I talk about money all the time and I've been talking about money for 25 years. So mm-hmm. it feels very comfortable to me, Yeah, but not about my own money not about my own money with my own people. It's a very different audience when you're talking to strangers. When I'm talking to you guys, we could talk about all the things, but do I wanna talk to my parents about how I have out earned them exponentially? 
do, does that feel good to me? No, mm. it feels terrible to me. It feels terrible to me, the idea of making a person in my life who never did the same things that I did and I have more than, I struggle with those feelings mm. all the time. And I actually feel, and I imagine that there's many people that feel this way, almost a sense of shame. Like I kind of try to play my life down so that I don't make other people feel bad. And I'm not saying that to sound conceited, like I'm so amazing, I'm Kardashian style and I have billions of dollars and you guys have nothing at all. I'm saying that wherever we are in our path, when we pass people in a financial way, it feels a little bit weird because you don't want to be like, oh, I'll pay for that. And then take away their dignity. And then you also don't want to be like, I'm not going to pay for that. And you know, they're struggling to pay, Mm -hmm. right? There's this interesting juxtaposition of emotion there. So when we talk about money and we talk about where we come from and how we start those conversations, that's the key. It starts in ourselves about how do we feel around what we want and what are we going to hold on to from our childhoods and what are we going to take with us which gifts of childhood do we take with us and which do we say you know what that was for them that's not for me and that's a conscious decision i always say that um speaking about money is a is not a passive sport (laughs) it is something that you have to do with intention and that's hard it's hard to talk about money and it's hard even in situations like this. Like, so I have a mortgage company and people come in and I'm going to run credit and they're, if they're sitting at my desk and immediately I'm like, okay, great. Da, 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 da. I'm going to run credit. Here we go. Okay. Well, there's this one time that I paid my gas bill late. And then I think I might've had a credit card and I think I might've charged something on Nordstrom, but I'm going to pay that off. And like this whole rhetoric starts yeah. because they have all this anxiety of judgment about debt. Yeah. And then here we go with the income. How much do you make? Well, I make, let's just say a hundred thousand a year, but I would be making more, but if I could make more of doing this, but then this thing happened and then I couldn't, and then this guy got the raise. And then I end up in these weird conversations because people are terrified about that judgment about what they have or they don't have. Yeah. They start so justifying they themselves the immediately. Yeah, can, yes. Can, can, I share, can I share a story I had in a bank recently that maybe yeah. illustrates a little bit? And by the way, are we good in time? Because like this conversation is so good. Sure. Are we good? Yeah, we have some minutes? Yeah. Okay. Um, so to start business, like to go full-time in this in 2019, I took a personal loan. Probably right now, smarter decision probably I've made because it's made me so happy. But on that side, it's been really hard to go out and, and pay that debt, especially the first couple of years, right? Yeah. So. We have system in place now and it's it's moving forward. Now, um, my Jeep, my Jeep is my, my pride and joy. I love that car. It's my thing. It's a, oh, I love it. Last year was a really hard, difficult year for us. And it got to the point that I was behind like almost two months on my Jeep payment. And uh, I actually got a call from the bank and they're like, hey, by the way, this is the first time I share this story. Uh, exclusive. Exclusive. Bam, 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 bam. Oh, <laughs> that wrong not, bu- wrong oh, come on, Fonzie. <laughs> exclusive. Okay. Um, and I get the call, and uh, this lady, she was pissed, angry. He's like, why haven't you paid the thing? And I'm like, look, like, I had actually had to go out and get a job. Like, this is my situation. Let me explain it to you. Why didn't you call me before? And I'm like, well, you know, I've been kind of busy kind of trying to figure out the payment thing. But anyway, so she was super angry. So anyways. I talked to her, we figure out, we, you know, do the payments, but the, the, the tow truck was going out and I had the wrong address in, in the thing. And they were going to find the Jeep in my old apartment. And I'm like, and she's like, do you want to update your address? And I'm like, absolutely not. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I come back. Right. And I tell Katie, I'm like, look, like it, this happened. Right. Like, and she's so understanding. Right. And you know, it's working. Things are moving forward now. I'm able to go I'm going to catch up. I'm good. And she was like, why don't we just go and refinance your car? Right. Let's put it under my name. And, and then we leave that pressure off of you for, for, for a couple months, right? For a few months. So we go to the bank, we go to credit union and uh, my credit is in the ground right now. We're working to move it back up because all these issues, right? Yeah. And, and then, and I'm okay with that. Like I need to acknowledge, you know, what's the, what's the truth? Like we have to acknowledge that that thing is happening to be able to fix it, right? And for the longest yeah. time, I did not acknowledge it. And that was part of the issue. So finally we acknowledge it. We go to the bank, we have it. We're sitting down with this. With this gentleman, right? And Katie at the at the moment had a little bit more stable situation. She's a pharmacist, right? So uh, we go in and she's like, hey, how much did, 
you know, how much is your credit? And I'm like, oh, you know, here, here's how you run it and whatever. And, she, and he looked at the credit and then he looked at me and like he was surprised that it was that low. And I that was a moment where a year earlier, I would have been so ashamed to even like go and tackle. But I felt so calm because I acknowledged it. I'm not okay. I'm like, you know, it, whatever happens, happens. <laughs> you know, it, it like I cannot, I cannot do anything about that situation right now. And we're working to fix it, right? So I'm like, that it is what it is. You know, tell me the rates. Like, what's this gonna be? Like, and yeah. then you know, Katie came in and and everything worked out and it was fixed. The problem was fixed. But I tell that story because I relate to those people. Like I've been there, and I feel like that is that is very common nowadays. And it sucks that it has to feel that way, right? Like, why there's so much judgment around that? And with that, like also in the business side, like that translates into into many other and the people that we talk to on the show, right? It's people that are starting their businesses. Maybe they have issues, right? Maybe they have bills to pay. Maybe they're you know, trying to be an entrepreneur, but they have a side gig and they're hiding the side gig because they really want to be like that full-time entrepreneur. That's the dream, right? And 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 by the way, that was us too, a hundred percent, right? And it's okay. You could be you could be working on your thing, and then you could have a side gig on the side, like to finance that thing. That's totally okay. That's part of the journey. So I really wanted yeah. to share that because like I, I I feel it and I appreciate that there's people like you <laughs> that can start this conversation, right? Like, so how do we, how, like people, how do we start acknowledging that? For me, it was like a moment, uh, like a, we call it like the screw it moment. It was like, you know. You I, call it the screw it moment. I call it the screw it <laughs> moment. But it was like, it was it was legit that. It was like one day I woke up and like, you know, screw it, whatever. Like there's nothing else I can do. I am going to face this. I acknowledge it. I'm working to fix it, right? And then all of a sudden like stop. But is there a way that you help people kind of go through that decision? It's like mostly what we do, honestly. It takes a really brave person anytime to say, I want some help with something, right? Especially if it's something that um, is, they're not where they want to be. So it's one thing if I am going to go meet with a coach because I am an amazing athlete and I want to get, I want to knock my my four minute mile down to three and a half minutes. I'm going to get a coach. I'm already a badass. I'm going to get a coach. That is not where the bravery comes from. Mm. The bravery comes from looking at ourselves and being like, well, shit, that didn't work out. <laughs> Bummer. That comes from that. I tried to start a business and I made a mistake or I made a series of mistakes and now my business is done. What did I learn? And do I have the courage to start again? It comes from all of those things where you can look at yourself and stop. Like you, I always like to tell people, it's like a backpack, like filled with shame about stuff. It's like so heavy to hide behind, like we were talking about earlier, this image, right? I'm gonna, the image is that I am these things and I'm amazing and I am super successful and whatever. Mm-hmm. When we have that to image to uphold and the shit hits the fan and things don't feel great, and we start putting them in our backpack pretty soon, you know, we're like really weighed down and we, you can't do anything when you're weighed down. You can't move forward when you're weighed down. But as soon as you unpack your backpack and you're like, all right, I'm embarrassed about this and I'm ashamed of that and I did this thing and whatever, when you can let that shit go and you can say, all right, here's the, here's the deal. I'm human. I did this. This didn't work like I thought. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to do this. And you can face that without feeling ashamed of it. That's when you get to start growing. That's when you get to start changing. And that's when you get to enter into the conversation. Mm. Because if I don't go to the doctor, if I'm sick and I don't go to the doctor, guess what? I'm staying sick. And if I decide that it's time to change my behavior, my relationship, my credit score, my, my debt situation with money, if I don't enter into the conversation to do that, I'm never going to do anything. It's going to stay exactly as it was and it's going to get worse. So I think the bravery is what it takes to make those conversations happen. And the humility and that, like we were talking about earlier, that feeling of enoughness. I don't, I'm not defined by how much money I do or I don't have. I'm not defined by my debt. I'm not defined by any of these things. I'm defined by what I choose to be defined by. And I am enough because I'm enough. That's it. And if you can always remind yourself that, that wherever you are, whatever you're doing, wherever you are in relationship to yourself is what matters. It's not where you are in relationship to somebody else. As long as you can have and handle the crap that you need to do, it's all that matters. Yeah. Uh, so good. Yeah. yeah. This has been so fun. Uh, we have a couple of questions, like two last questions, unless Fonzie has something else that do you want to add to 
I mean, reflection? I, I just want to, I mean, first, thank you, because all this has been extremely amazing. Um, and I know we didn't get to like anything like tactical and all and, and whatnot, but I think this is the most important part, which is, you know, kind of like push people for them to look inside and recognize their own circumstances and situation. And then from there, you know, like we talk, figuring out your own how, making your own decisions. But what would be maybe, uh, you know, for, for entrepreneurs or people that are might, might be starting their, their business right now, what are some good measures or some good things to do around money to protect themselves from, you know, pretty negative situations? I think, I think I'm answering your question, what you're intending. I think the thing that we have to do about everything, especially as it relates to money, is we have to take responsibility for it. We have to be in charge all the time of what's happening with our financial situation. So for example, I have this mortgage business and there's a lot of people in our business that everything is terrible right now. Oh my gosh, the interest rates are so high. The clients are terrible, blah, 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 because they're putting it on somebody else to measure their success, right? I can't do me because all of this is happening. Mm. If we want to avoid getting into a big financial conundrum, we have to take responsibility that regardless of what's happening around me, I'm in charge of how this is going to look. I'm in charge of my behavior. I'm in charge of what I buy. I'm in charge of what I spend, how I save, how I don't save, what I earn. Mm. And that idea of people, you know, not wanting to show the whole journey. When I started in mortgage all those years ago, I still worked at the hospital. I still worked at the hospital till I knew I was making enough money to make consistently to make my rent. That was a long time. I worked two jobs. People don't want to do that work, right? They, it's, mm -hmm. it's really a hard yeah. thing to say, I'm not number one, I'm number something. It, yeah. That's a hard thing for people to acknowledge. And as soon as we can start doing that, it takes all this pressure off so that we don't make the same mistakes. So we're not trying yeah. to live that life. I think Susie Orman says that so many people spend um, all kinds of money they don't have to impress people they don't even like anyway. Mm. And if you look around, that's what's happening all the time. And it leads to a significant demise in people's businesses. Yeah. And it's right? spending what they don't have. And it's exponential now, right? With social media and like the, the impression that people want to just put out into the world, right? They like, want to be the Kardashians. <laughs> I just I just read yesterday well, in, the, in our area, like to a pastor and, and the wife in debt, $750,000. The bank is trying to collect it. They can't, they don't have the cash and they run this church. <laughs> and you're like, what? Like how, like, how do you get in you, that position? Right? You will say that to yourself so many times, but those hows are just a series of tiny decisions that people make that mm. go do, 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 do down. But you have an option. We have an option. Every single one of us, no matter where we are in our financial journey, we could be in a ton of debt, we could be rolling right now. It doesn't matter. Wherever we are, we have decisions to make. And making no decision is probably the biggest decision that people mm -hmm. make. I'm not gonna do anything because I'm terrified. That's a decision. That's an action item that you just did by ignoring things. So mm -hmm. if we can accept the responsibility that we're in control and we can accept the idea that these small actions are what lead to these hu huge results, it seems like that's not possible when people are sitting in $700,000 of debt, but paying off $50 of that is better than paying off $0, right? Paying off $1,000 on your $20,000 credit card is better than paying off $0 and getting the late fees or, you know, going the other direction, yeah. right? Yeah. But that seems like that's always the biggest thing with businesses and with people's mindset is I'm either making a million or I'm making nothing. There's nothing there when Between. it's perfectly noble to make whatever it is in relationship yeah. to what you're doing oh. yeah that's so interesting there's two two phrases that came to mind one is you know that goes hand in hand with what you just mentioned your life is a collection of the choices that you make of the collective choices that you make and then the other yes. one that came to mind is um i might i might butcher this one a little bit but is a stress is actually you knowing that you didn't do the things that you had control over and by not making a choice, right? You said by not yeah. making a choice, you're making a choice. 
right? You're making a choice of not taking action. Therefore, that lack of action induces stress. And then that, that just builds up, right? And I'm going to be honest. First one to raise the hand here. Like, I have, and maybe it's still, not maybe. I am still victim of, not a victim. I'm a victim of my own making of that scenario, right? And I'm starting to, okay, what are the things that I need to recognize, that I need to put attention, that I need to take action towards? Because like you said, no action, it is still an action and it's probably the worst one you you can take. Yeah. Jenna, this has been so fun. Uh, thank you so much for coming. If people want to get tactical, if they want to learn more, if they want to connect with you, like where can they go? They can follow me on Instagram at Jana Menina. They can also follow me on Facebook, same. And uh, we have a couple of websites. So um, we have speakingofmoney.net uh, for financial coaching. And just we have a lot of content we give out on there. And just kind of getting part of our community because we share a ton of stuff and we do a ton of classes and a lot of pay it forward stuff. So mm. that's the best way. That's All so right. awesome. I I just realized we, we left a hook about 30 minutes ago, 40 minutes ago, talking, <laughs> talking about the things that you were doing for the community to give back. And I know you're very passionate about it. So I, I of course, want to give you, you know, the time to share about that. So why don't you share a little bit about that? And then how can people know, learn more about that and maybe potentially help as well? Okay. So we were talking earlier about our measures of success. And so for some people, that's the Lamborghini. And for some people, that's millions of dollars. And for me, my measure of success, I said, was spending time with my kids, having enough money to do what I wanted. And part of doing what I wanted is I'm a, I like to give. And when we talk about giving, it's, I think, something that people overlook all the time. I never even knew that was a thing until I got to be an adult and on my own. I don't know that my parents were big donators. I, I, I don't think that was a thing. So I started looking for opportunities. So when I didn't have any money, I would donate my time. And then it, from time, it turned into like time plus a little bit of money. And then now I donate all of those things because I think that give back is where we really get into what this whole life is about. So I feel compelled to teach people, especially underserved people, about their finances. We do that for free all the time. We teach kids that are transitioning out of foster care. We teach kids who are coming up that are in underserved communities about how to kind of get on the financial track as they're going into adulthood. We teach adults who are underserved about how to fix their credit and how to get in themselves into position so that they can start having access. Without having access, it limits us. And unfortunately, yeah. the way our system is built around money is you don't have any money and you have bad credit. So we're going to charge you more money because you're a bigger risk and you're going to have less money. We're really mm. unevening that playing field. So yeah. I'm really, um, I'm really convicted about that because I feel like if we don't start getting people here where they at least know what to do, for example, if your credit is in the toilet right now, I could help you and I know how to do it right? You probably don't know how to do it. So th those things will enable you to grow your business for yeah. less money over time, right? That's what's important. So I have a few things that I do with that. And then I volunteer, like I said, uh, various community organizations, but one is for single moms and their kids. One is for veterans and first responders. And the other one that my kids and I have been working on, which is really fun, we match up. So we call it cool kicks for kids. We match kids in school who don't have any money to go and get shoes that fit them oh, nice. and that are cool, right? They're always like, you know, like this crappy like Walmart shoes that you feel like crap because everyone else has Air Force Ones. We match the kids with the donor. They get them. They don't even know they're donated. They think they're wow. from their parents That's or they just cool. show up to them and they get to roll in because we know that confident kids learn better. And so we've been working a lot on that. Mm, I love that. so awesome. I love that confidence kid kids learn better i think that's that's very powerful in there and i love the fact that you guys um, do it as a family do, do it as a the, the donor is giving it but they don't get to know that those you know shoes are being donated by by other people it, it takes it's me huge takes me back to your story and i think it might be related your story with the the guest jeans right that you saw your mom yeah. and then when you finally got them you were feeling you're like I wonder what she had to go through for all this and whatnot. And I'm sure these kids are getting those shoes and they're saying, wow, look at maybe the sacrifice that my parents 
did for me, you know, to get me this. And yeah, like you said, it just builds up their confidence and then they get to, to learn better. I think that's amazing. Great missions they're having in there. Thank you for sharing. How, how can people, if, if somebody is interested in helping or, you know, being a part of it, how can they um, be a part of it? Um, you can reach out to me anytime on Instagram or Facebook Messenger, and I will respond back with whatever you guys want to do with what I, my missions are. I mean, I have many, but those three <laughs> are my heart and soul. So that's awesome. anytime. Awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. Jen, yeah. anything else you want to add before we head out? No, thanks so much for having me. It's so fun to be on here with you guys. And <laughs> <laughs> I just saw that your shirt says Fly Emirates. And I was like, is that a soccer jersey that you're wearing? That is it a is. soccer it jersey. It is the best soccer team in the world. That is not Arsenal. Their, they ended up fifth this season. <laughs> They're not the best. They're still the best <laughs> team in the world. I feel every bit of that because I'm a Cal Bears fan. And if you just look at any of their major sports records... No good. They break my heart every year. I had to choose a backup team just so I could have something to watch in the post close. So I feel you on fifth place. This yeah. is how bad it is, Jenna. Every time his team plays during the week, the whole team is on deck to make sure, like, if the team wins, it's great. It's going to be a very productive day for Fonzie. If the team loses, then nobody can text Fonzie because that, they're not going to get an answer back. Nah, that is a lie. That is a lie. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've made a very conscious effort of detaching my emotions from the outcome, from an outcome that I do not control. I feel my emotions, you know, for like maybe 10, <laughs> 10 15 minutes. I, I rage and I punch the air and, you know, maybe yeah. I, I headbutt some pillows. But then after that, I'm like, cool, why, why am I going to get mad over something that I do not control? You know, if the cure for that is a nagging wife, I would tell my husband, I'm like, if you're going to be in a bad mood over this, this is off. We're, I will disconnect cable. We will never watch another game again. You just need a good naggy wife to just. Yeah, I, I relate. Katie pulled that move on me and oh boy, it worked. Uh, it, <laughs> it was like, what, what, what did you just do? This was like a magic trick. <laughs> impressive yeah awesome i guess that's why, why awesome. i'm single <laughs> i'm single so i can be in a bad mood <laughs> so i can watch the games so i can watch the games so i can watch the games without like any consequences yeah. awesome guys well with that said thank you so much for tuning into the contest profit podcast go ahead and follow the show and uh at beast roscoe in your favorite social media that is what that that is what's up that, that is what's up, up. That is what's what's up. up. hashtag snazzy that's right hashtag snazzy i need jada here help you move one step closer towards your goal please don't forget to share this episode and leave a five-star review see ya bye guys